0: It's time now for the Lamb-Mackerelane Legal Show. Each show, heard every other Thursday at 1230, will feature different lawyers and their guests from the law firm of Lamb-Mackerelane. Good afternoon. This is Jim Sargent. And uh, I'm Guy
1: Donatelli, and Jim and I are both attorneys in the uh, litigation department at uh, Lamb-Mackerelane here in Westchester.
0: Yes, we both have been uh, at Lamb-Mackerelane for more years than we uh care to admit to, but we both uh, have tried a number of cases together and uh, separately, uh, bench trials, that is, to a judge alone, jury trials to uh, a jury of 12 or 8 in Chester County and surrounding counties and in the federal court. So um, we
1: thought, Jim and I thought that what we would do because it is our understanding that civil filings uh, in the courts in Chester County uh, have been on the rise, is that we would uh, discuss for the next uh, half an hour um, the, the concept of suing somebody for money or defending uh, against the claim brought uh, against you for money. And be- before we start, we want to read... I'd like to read a a saying from a 17th century, 16th century philosopher. It goes something like this. Avoid lawsuits beyond all things. They pervert your conscience, impair your health, and dissipate your property. And, And I think to a certain extent that is as true now as it was uh in the in the in the sixteenth and seventeen hundreds. Uh so we're gonna talk a little bit about you uh, going to court, whether you want to go to court, whether you should,
0: and if you find yourself there and you have to defend
1: what do you have in store for you.
0: It's interesting, our first topic is civil disputes and whether they're inevitable. I, I put an emphasis on the word civil. Uh civil is used in the court system to differentiate Uh, civil from criminal, that is a case which involves private claims versus the state prosecuting somebody for a crime. But it's important to focus on the fact that just because you have a dispute with somebody, it doesn't mean you have to be uncivil in, in the sense that we use it in common language. I mean, you can be civil, you can express the dispute. Going to court is is one thing that we all inevitably have to face up to from time to time. But disputes often can be resolved without going to court. And, and we specialize that in that in this firm, uh, trying to ease people to a re- result without spending a lot of uh, effort on legal fees. So that's something to keep in mind. Right. I,
1: uh, you know, there's always two sides to every argument. There's... Uh, your side, the other guy's side, and then the truth tends to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, that's why it's important when you find yourself uh, in a in a commercial or civil dispute. Uh, uh, you know, you 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 try to consider the other person's point of view before you run into court, because once uh, once you run into court, you sort of lose um, your uh, your ability to control your own destiny, so to speak. The judges in this county are extraordinarily good, both at the uh, Magisterial District Judge level and at the Court of Common Pleas, uh, but they'll take control of the of the argument uh, and take control of, of the outcome if you can't resolve it uh, yourself. Well, let me just tell you that some of the things we're not gonna discuss uh, today We're not going to discuss landlord-tenant law or landlord-tenant disputes because that's a very specialized area. Uh, There's a lot of uh, rules, uh, special rules and requirements, uh, and we're going to reserve that um, for another day. We're not going to discuss uh, criminal cases. Uh, So if you're charged with a crime or you think you've been a victim uh, of a crime, we're not going to discuss those as well. We're going to leave those. For another day. And we're not going to talk about family law, divorce, custody, support, things of that nature. Those are all very uh, special areas of the law. We're going to talk about uh, breaches of contract, monies that are owed to you, failure of people to pay money, uh, car accidents, personal injury cases, uh, employment disputes, things of that nature.
0: So, uh um, The first question you've got to face if you've got a dispute and you can't resolve it through a civil discussion with uh, the person who is on the other side of the dispute is what court do you go to and uh, how do you do that? So the first question is is, uh, answered by um, a question of of statute or local uh, rule and regulation involving what we call jurisdiction. Um, so their courts are divided into categories based on different concepts of jurisdiction. Certain courts have jurisdiction over specific issues. So in the case of a civil dispute, um, the ju- issue of jurisdiction is resolved in the first instance by the amount that is in controversy. Right. Um, and and a good way to look at it, I think, is just just to...
1: Focus ourselves on Chester County for a moment. There is uh, one courthouse, it's the Justice Center, and uh, that's in Westchester. Uh, Then, uh, spread throughout the county, uh, divided up by districts, are uh, magisterial district courts, and each one of those is staffed by uh, a tremendously capable group of county uh, court employees. Uh, and uh, a uh, and a judge, a magisterial district judge, uh, a member of the community whose role it is to resolve these uh, civil cases. So in deciding whether you come into Westchester to file your case or whether you go to one of these local uh, magisterial judges, uh, you, you have to determine how, how much money is involved. So uh, there, as Jim indicated, there are jurisdictional limits in each court, And at the Magisterial District Court, uh, as far as jurisdictional limits are concerned, they can only handle disputes with an amount in controversy up to
0: $12,000. So, um, and and it's important to note, as uh, Guy referred to earlier, we've got some really, really good people who work in the judicial system. Uh, Not just judges, we've got very competent judges magisterial district judges, it's important to note, um, don't have to be lawyers. They're they're just regular people who are there trying to help out uh, the rest of us resolve issues that we've got to resolve day to day. They are supported by a group of really awesome people, people who really are devoted to their jobs. So, for example, if you had a civil dispute in a the- that was under $12,000. Someone came in from uh, a distant town, township. You live in uh, Westchester and they came to you from Honeybrook or something like that and, and did some work and it was defective work on your car, your house, your automobile, whatever. Um, and and you had a dispute there and you couldn't resolve it over the telephone or in writing. Then you go into the magisterial district court and those folks there would help you with the paperwork. They actually have a form of complaint, and they take responsibility once you fill out that form to serve it on the defendant. Yeah, and, and, and Jim brings up a good point. Just because
1: your your claim might be worth $12,000 or less, less doesn't mean you couldn't file it uh, in the big courthouse in Westchester. But the, the benefit of filing it in one of the magisterial district courts is that you can navigate uh, the procedure yourself? It's not as complicated. You you don't you don't need a lawyer. The rules are 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 uh, simpler, and you you'll get uh, uh, a, an appearance in front of the magistrate judge uh, a lot a lot quicker. There's no expensive motion practice, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a minute. There's less paper. The filing is easier. It's less expensive to file. You're less likely to see a lawyer representing uh, the the other side, uh, and you have a somewhat speedy and direct contact with the judge uh, when you file with the uh, Magisterial District Court. So, consideration number one, what's the right court? How, How much, question number one, how much is in controversy? How complicated is the issue? How much time do you want to spend uh, with a professional litigating the issue, and what do you think the fastest way is uh, for a result uh, in your favor with with respect to that particular uh, that particular claim? Now Jim's going to handle the next part. If your claim is above $12,000, you can't proceed at the magisterial district level.
0: Right. Before we go to the next part, let me just tell you a little secret that that many people don't really understand about the jurisdiction of the courts. Corporations have to appear in court represented by an attorney. So let's say, for example, you go and... and visit your Aunt Harriet over in uh, uh, California and uh, you fly on um, XYZ airline, and they lose all your luggage. And when you uh, get there, they say, well, sorry, it's back in St. Louis. And by the time you leave California, they still haven't found it. And you get back here and, and they send you into uh, – the uh, customer service, which gets you nowhere, and you get all frustrated. Months later, you still don't have your luggage or any um, uh, any sort of compensation for the lost luggage. What you can do is you can go into the district court and sue that XYZ airline for as much as value as your luggage represents. They have to hire an attorney and appear in that court in order not to get a judgment entered against them. And uh, that's a great advantage to you because attorneys, as you know, cost money. So they will uh, often, that gets their attention, they'll resolve the matter. So let's go on to the Court of Common Pleas. Above $12,000, you've got to go in to the Court of Common Pleas. Again, you can represent yourself. Um, People often do. People hire attorneys largely because the um the process, the paperwork is a lot more complicated, and you have to know what you're doing uh, in order to survive in that court without getting your case dismissed right off the bat. So frequently people decide they if it's worth more than twelve thousand dollars, they're going to get an attorney involved right and And what they do is, as as the party that has the beef against uh, some third party, you file what's called a complaint, and and um, this is where we're gonna
1: we're gonna this is where you it's gonna start. This, this is where you're gonna see the, the 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 difference between a small claims court like you see on TV with Judge Mathis or Judge Judy or someone like that, uh, where uh, you're advocating for yourself in a fairly simple environment, and when you go to the the courthouse or the justice center uh, here here in Westchester, um, lawyers are expensive. That's why we've recommended initially at the outset of this always try to resolve uh, disputes if you can. And there's no reason you couldn't hire a lawyer to help you negotiate um, a complicated uh, resolution of an important matter. But always try that first. But if but if you're at, now at the county level, uh, there there are no forms for filing a complaint. Uh, you, you, you have to lay out your claim uh, in uh, factual detail uh, that hits every element of your cause of action, uh, or else a smart lawyer on the other side uh, will, will get it tossed out
0: because you haven't done it right. And when Guy talks about a cause of action, what he's talking about is the legal framework for a particular claim. That's where lawyers can come in handy because they recognize that a set of facts establish a legal claim that won't get knocked out of court uh, because it's it uh, doesn't have merit. Right. And conversely, if uh, somebody does
1: sue you um, in the court of common pleas uh, and you file an answer, To that complaint, with with, which you require to do, or and you don't file it in time, or you don't say the right uh, words in response to particular allegations, or if you don't assert a, a a defense, and it might be a bulletproof defense too, but if you don't present it right on paper, you could you could lose the whole magilla. So. It's a, it's a little bit more complicated. It's a little bit more formal. And it's very lawyer
0: and, and judge-driven, I think. So just like the, um, the MDJ, uh, the District Justice uh, Court, in the Court of Common Pleas, things are differentiated based on dollar value. So if you have a, a claim that's above $12,000 but it's below $50,000, then what you will what will happen to your case is it goes to compulsory arbitration. Compulsory arbitration is just the first step um, in the in the proceeding. In compulsory arbitration, you still have to have the complaint, you have to have the answer, they have to be well drafted, you have to have all of your facts in order, you have to have witnesses, and you have to have documents that support your claim. But what happens in the first instance in a case that's under in controversy, is you go before three arbitrators appointed by the court of common pleas who hear your case. It's a a proceeding that generally does not have a court reporter present. It's not a, a record proceeding. And the arbitrators hear the evidence, look at the evidence, hear the argument, and render a decision. Um, and that decision is a potential resolution of the case. Now, as with the district justice action, that can be appealed. So if you were to go to district justice court, for example, and lose, you have the opportunity to appeal that result to the court of common pleas. If you go before three arbitrators and lose, you can still appeal that to the court. Right. Um
1: and Jim makes, again, a good point with respect to these uh, appeals. Um, it, if you decide to start your case at the MDJ level, at the Magisterial District Judge level, you have an, an automatic right of appeal uh, to the Court of Common Pleas. It, again, it's a form. And as long as you do it within 30 days, you have... Um, you have an absolute right to take that appeal. Uh, There's some different rules in landlord-tenant law, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about civil case, And you have an automatic right of appeal once you're at the common pleas level. If you've gone through this compulsory arbitration program, uh, you have an automatic right to appeal that arbitration award uh, to a judge. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, if you want the case heard, by a jury, then you would, you would simply say on the complaint, I want a jury, and I always ask for a jury of 12, but usually um, those numbers are reduced, especially now when everybody, the, the court, uh, the lawyers, the parties are sensitive to our, our, uh, the health situation. So we go with fewer jurors um, uh,
0: because it, it, makes, it makes sense for everybody. I like to say that appeals are like death and taxes. And the reason I like to say that is in every level of the appeal, again, this concept of jurisdiction applied, you have a limited time to make the appeal. If you don't make the appeal within the time that is prescribed, you end up uh, losing the right to appeal because the court loses jurisdiction. So that applies between the district justice court, and the Court of Common Pleas. It also applies between the arbitration and the full trial in the Court of Common Pleas. Parenthetically, it also applies if you don't like the result in the trial court and want to go to the superior court or an appellate court, you have to file within the prescribed period of time or you lose the right. The other thing to remember is at every stage, you have to include all of your claims and all of your defenses. So if you go to one stage and don't raise specific claims or specific defenses, you can't expect to add new claims and defenses when you appeal. Because generally speaking, the higher court is going to say, uh-uh, you didn't raise that below. You don't get to raise it now. And, and, these, and these rules
1: um, are not intuitive. In, in other words, you know, you can read the, uh, the, the bottom of the box in a Monopoly game and you, you pretty much can figure out the rules. But even even then, I'm constantly checking that box to make sure, you know, I know what happens when I land on a particular square. Um, so you have to be cautious if you're going to go it yourself. You, you've got to be cautious and mindful of those rules. Again, not so much at the small claims court level. Uh, because uh, there are less rules and there are less ways uh, to make a mistake. I I think what you're sort of seeing here, once we get from the MDJ level to the Court of Common Pleas level, is that there's a lot more time and effort involved. You can get your case heard in front of a a magisterial district judge, uh, you know, absent snowstorms and illnesses and things of that nature. You can get it pretty much heard within, you know, sixty days. You you you'd get in and you get out. Um, in Chester County, uh, you'll get if you file for compulsory arbitration, you'll get a hearing within six months. Um, and if it's a major civil trial above fifty thousand dollars, it will take you a year to get to a judge. Uh, so um, there there is a little bit of a drag, and and that's. And that's nobody's fault. Our, our common police court judges um, and our row officers who are responsible for helping the judges move cases along are extraordinarily capable. And there's, there's a lot of competence in, in those folks. Um, but the rules, that's what the rules say. You're allowed to do a lot of things if you have a dispute. Uh, civil trials and the right to a, a jury and a judge and the right to be heard is enshrined in our Constitution. It was one of the, the cornerstones of our society. That's why we don't go after each other with baseball bats when somebody owes us money, because there's a well-developed system to to, um, uh, to uh, you know to, to re- to resolve those
0: claims. What, one of the um, things we used to have in, in our system of justice, was uh, what we would call today trial by ambush. Uh, nobody had to reveal their hand or their proofs or uh, the evidence they were going to rely on uh, until they actually went into trial. And then you heard it for the first time. Now we have what we call discovery rules. And discovery rules allow you to learn a lot about your the other party's case, the defendant's case or your adversary's case. Conversely, he can learn a lot about yours. The, the only problem with uh, discovery is it adds to the expense because there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that process. It's, it's my least favorite part of the trial because a lot of
1: times uh, lawyers – you know, I'll, I'll, and I'll take some personal responsibility for this – they ask for everything that they're that they're that's conceivably askable for. That's that's a, if that's a, a term of I don't think that's
0: English, but no, it's it not.
1: Like the point. The point is, uh, perhaps they over ask for things, um, and it, again, it puts a little bit of a uh, of a uh, waste of time on the entire the entire process. I think for the last five minutes or so, um, we we like yeah you know, three minutes. Thanks, Jim. Well, uh, we'd like to go over some of the considerations, and we'll just maybe just go back and forth. First of all, if you file a lawsuit, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you money, and and uh, you're going to have to pay a lawyer. There are filing fees, uh, uh, which is which is in my view one of the reasons to try to explore an early resolution of the dispute.
0: And it takes a lot of time. I mean, personal time, time away from work. It uh, requires a lot of effort. There's a lot of emotion that can be a, a real aggravation.
1: And, and, and something that most folks aren't really aware of is that everything you do in court ends up being public. I can go on a number of different websites, and I can pull up names and, and causes of action and results and judgments and liens uh, and all of those sort of embarrassing things that you'd rather not have made public, and there it is. For, for, for anybody to, to look at if they have the, the know-how uh, to do so. So if you want to resolve a matter publicly uh, or privately, better to sometimes settle it.
0: Yes, and of course, there is no guarantee of an outcome. I, I always like to tell clients who come in and are you know gung-ho about going to court, generally speaking, two people go into court, one person comes out being satisfied with the result. And sometimes the judge, like King Solomon, uh, divides the baby in half, but more often than not, there's gonna be one winner and one loser or both people right. dissatisfied. Right. You never have you never
1: have two parties coming out of the courts, both of them happy. Oftentimes everybody's everybody's miserable because everybody's expectations were not appropriately tempered.
0: So this is why, as we've said a couple of times, we like to consider the alternative of resolving a dispute. So we do mediate cases. We do uh, recommend mediation. Mediation is where you have an impartial person, a third party, not involved with either of the parties to the dispute, who acts like a judge in some ways, but he sits in the middle, he or she, doesn't have a view of the case, hears the evidence, and then gives recommendations as to the outcome. And the parties have to reach the outcome themselves. The mediator doesn't tell them the result. But the important thing is, when you go into court, you lose control over the outcome. If you go to mediation, you maintain some of that control.
1: So I guess now my obligation to say that this is uh, this talk is not a substitute for um, for sound legal advice. It it's, uh, uh, does not, and is not intended. Constitute legal advice. Uh, all information and content discussed on this show are for general, informational, and I would say entertainment purposes only. If, if you'd like to talk to an attorney, uh, you can contact anyone uh, at Lamb McElaine at uh, 610-430-8000, com.
0: And if you want to speak to either of us, just ask for Frick or Frack. Right, right. That's right. Well, we thank hope, you. We hope this has been helpful. Thank you. You've been listening to the Lamb Mackerlane Legal Show. Heard every other Thursday at twelve thirty on WCHE fifteen twenty, the Talk of Chester County.